You're listening to The J. John Podcast, a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to give you confidence in your faith and boldness to share it with others. This week, J. John continues his series on the Ten Commandments with A Fair Proof Our Relationships, looking at the Seventh Commandment, You Shall Not Commit Adultery. We're in a series on the Ten Commandments. Today, we're looking at the Seventh Commandment, and my title is How to A Fair Proof Our Relationships. Did you know that the greatest source of sex miseducation can be found on television and on films. Very rarely are lovers a husband and wife in a marriage relationship. In many films, there is a constant seduction and suggestive sexual encounters and image makers surround it with laughter and music and sumptuous settings. It's all made to appear romantic and exciting, but they brush away the deceit, the betrayal and the ugliness. Sex outside of marriage is like pulling pulling out bricks from the base of a wall and then the wall comes tumbling down. King David in the Bible is a classic example of this. He lusted after Bathsheba and his adultery had driven him to lie and to scheme, to plot and to murder Bathsheba's husband. David's little indiscretion turned out to have vast repercussions. I have never met anyone who has committed adultery and not lived to regret it. Adultery, even when forgiven, leaves a scar. The Bible in the book of Proverbs teaches us how to live wisely. 31 chapters and chapters 4 to 7 in the book of Proverbs are all about adultery. Listen to what it says. Can a man scoop fire into his lap and not be burned? So it is with a man who sleeps with another man's wife. Playing with adultery is playing with fire. The Bible again, whoever commits adultery is an utter fool, for they destroy their own soul. Adultery hurts, it shatters trust and it severs friendship. Marriage is about giving, adultery is about taking. Adultery denies love, it degrades people, it destroys families, it defiles marriage and it defies God. The seventh commandment simply reads, do not 
commit adultery. Exodus 20 verse 14. God says no to adultery because adultery is a sin against marriage. And Jesus said God made them male and female. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one separate them, for God has joined them together. Adultery breaks into the unity that two people have in marriage. Sex is very powerful and unless it is kept within marriage, it can explode in destructive ways. The world is littered with people hurt by the shrapnel from sexual explosions. Now you may be thinking, well, I don't need to hear this commandment. I haven't committed adultery. Well, listen to what Jesus said. You have heard it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. I hope you're not feeling left out now. Many of us have got sex on the brain and that is the worst place to have it. Do you take a second look? A married couple were in a store and while the wife was looking at an item, a very attractive woman walked by. The husband's eyes followed her. The wife, without even looking up, said this, was it worth the trouble you are now in. Adultery begins to play itself on the stage of the imagination before it occurs in real life. And so Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Now he doesn't mean that literally because of course, if you gouge out this eye, you can still see out of that eye. What Jesus is saying is, take drastic action. The problem is not the eye, but it's the heart. And Jesus urges us to deal decisively and severely. So don't pluck out your eye, but cancel the adult channel that you've got. Don't cut off your hand, but cancel some other inappropriate things that you are viewing. 
on your computer. Take control. Be drastic. That's what Jesus is saying here. You see, watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become character. Jesus called lust adultery in the heart. If we don't turn away from it, it will eventually consume us. And if we encourage it with sexually stimulating films, books, magazines, social settings, fantasy will turn into reality. Now, to those of you who have committed adultery, if you are committing adultery, end it now. End the relationship. No more conversations, no more phone calls, no more texting, no more meetings. Don't rationalise. Do you know what rationalise is? Rational lies. If you've fallen into adultery, there is a prayer in the Bible, Psalm 51, a psalm of confession from King David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And David prays, create in me, O God, a clean heart. Wash me thoroughly from my sin. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And God answered his prayer. Listen to Jesus' words to a woman caught in adultery. Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? All right, stone her. But let those who have never sinned throw the first stone. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. And Jesus said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Jesus forgave the woman, but he expected her to learn from her past and not commit it again. I've titled this talk, How to Affair Proof Our Relationships. Well, how do we do that? I'd like to suggest to you four principles. Principle one, respect. Love is built on the foundation of mutual respect. The Bible says every husband must love his wife as himself and every wife 
must respect her husband. There is no such thing as a perfect marriage for the simple reason that every marriage is the union of two imperfect people. You can bury a marriage with a lot of little digs. A happy marriage is not so much about how compatible we are, but how we deal with our incompatibility. The goal in marriage is not to think alike, but to think together. Love is true when we don't see eye to eye, but we can still walk hand in hand. So instead of attempting to alter one another, we need to understand one another. It's important that we spend time talking and listening to each other. There are four important statements we need to make frequently in marriage, and they are, I was wrong, I am sorry, I don't know, I need help. I urge you to use these four statements with each other as they will build honesty in your marriage. Principle number one, respect. Principle number two, responsibility. Be responsible. Be more interested in fixing the problem than fixing the blame. So much time and energy is wasted confronting each other rather than dealing with the problem. Don't fix the blame, fix the problem. The Bible says each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. If we followed that principle, we would have more stable relationships. The major problem in many marriages is selfishness. What's in the marriage for me? But the trouble with so many people who stand up for their rights is that they fall down miserably on their responsibilities. Take responsibility. Respect. Responsibility. And thirdly, romance. If there was more courting in marriage, there would be fewer marriages in court. Do you remember how tender and kind you were when you were dating? We anticipated the date. 
with great excitement. That's what it should be like in marriage. That sense of anticipation. The Bible says, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. May you ever be captivated by her love. One book in the Bible is a manual on romantic sexual love, Song of Solomon. And the Bible says this, the husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, which is her right as a married woman, nor should the wife deprive her husband. Very practical, the Bible. Respect, responsibility, romance. Fourth principle, resolve. A firm commitment, faithfulness. The problem is many people say I do and then they don't. The Bible says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? Guard yourself. Remain loyal to your wife. Value your marriage and prove your faithfulness to each other. There was a man called Robertson McQuilkin and he was the president of a Bible college and his wife Muriel was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she progressively got worse and worse and it was very difficult for him to look after the Bible college and look after his wife and so what he did is that he gave up his job at the Bible college to look after his wife. Many of his colleagues said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I mean, she doesn't even know who you are. And he replied, but I know who she is. And I made a vow to her when we got married in sickness and in health. Isn't that an inspiring story? Very, very moving and heartwarming. Trying times are not the times to stop trying. In a marriage, it is important to treat all disasters as incidents and none of the incidents as disasters. The Book of Common Prayer says this, we accept our spouses to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and cherish till death do us part. I am not suggesting our marriages will never run into problems and have to endure storms. 
But the kind of commitment God is talking about means when we hit a difficulty in our marriage, we make a decision to persevere. Respect, responsibility, romance, and a resolve. The starting point is to admit we need God, we need his help because he created us and he created marriage. Some of you need restoration because things in your lives and your marriages have broken and they need to be fixed. And I want to conclude by saying this, whether you are married or you're divorced or widowed or single, you are being proposed to. Jesus is proposing to you. An invitation from Jesus to be adopted as his son and as his daughter into his family. God is love. What does that mean? That means God wants what is best for you. God doesn't show he loves us by sending a poem or dropping a bunch of red roses onto our doorstep. But as the Bible says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He shows he cares, not by a poem, but through cries of agony and excruciating pain. It's not champagne he drinks, but bitter wine. He doesn't bear roses in his arms, but a crown of thorns wedged on his head. He doesn't bathe us in fine smelling perfume but saves us through sweat and blood. God's proposal was nailed to a cross and he did it for you and he did it for me. The way to resist the temptation to infidelity is to root our single life or our marriage in the rich soil of God's love. Have you accepted God's proposal to be in relationship with him? Are you in an adulterous relationship? Will you end the relationship? Psalm 32, David records how he felt during the time he tried to cover up and he said, when I kept things to myself, I felt sick 
deep inside. I moaned all day long. And for a year, he tried to live with a guilty conscience because of what he had done. Don't make matters worse. Confession is better than cover-up. Repentance now is better than revelations later. Do you need God's forgiveness? Do you need God's healing for inappropriate relationships? Does your marriage need reviving? Do you need to say, I was wrong, I need help? Own up. Receive Christ's forgiveness and healing and begin again. If you want to be adopted into Christ's family as a son and as a daughter, pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you that you are my heavenly father. I know I have broken your commandments and I thank you that you died on the cross for me. Cleanse me, forgive me, set me free from the past. Come into my life now. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your presence, your peace and your power. Amen. If you need healing and forgiveness and your marriage needs a miracle, let me pray over you now. Put your hand on your heart as I pray over you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for your saving, healing, delivering grace on all my brothers and sisters around the world that they will experience your cleansing from past mistakes, past regrets. I pray for your healing upon them. I pray for healing of marriages. I pray for restoration, renewal, revitalization and refreshment. We pray today for a miracle, miracles to take place in people's lives and in people's marriages. And I pray God's blessing upon you. I pray the blessing of God the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. May you be blessed and may you be a blessing to others. Amen. To find out more about J. John's ministry or to get your copy of his book, The Ten Commandments, visit canonjjohn.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, please click subscribe and leave a review.